You're listening to the Joint Practices Podcast. Dad, who am I named after? You're named after my favorite thing in the world, son. Winning. With your host, Sean Lamont. I was waiting for woo, 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 Kenny, woo. Steve Knox. No, but I'm going to tell Elijah to go masturbate with maple syrup tonight. Let me know how that goes for you. And Elijah Arnold. You know what I did? I put some fucking honey and sugar around the rim and I drank it. Like a basic bitch. Are you excited, girl? I'm so excited, girl. Welcome to the Joint Practices Podcast. Yo! Welcome back to the Joint Practices Podcast. This is the podcast for fans, by fans, that's fans like me. I'm your host, Sean Lamont, on Twitter, at 11thegoat. Tonight is episode 144, the final nail in the 2020 football season. Good riddance. Good night. Put her to bed. Put the women and children to bed and go looking for dinner, am I right? Joining me tonight, as always, the worst of all time on Twitter, at Elijah the Wote. And... The soupiest of OG Olive Garden pimps on the Twitter bird. At the Knox says, Mr. Steve Knox, Mr. Elijah Arnold, good day. Well, color me surprised. Stay a while and listen. (laughs) Well, we are going to talk about a football game that took place this weekend. We're going to talk about some NFL awards that were given out this weekend. But before we can even dive into that, I think we need to approach a topic that is way more important and way more life-changing. And I will start with you, Elijah Arnold. It is time to talk about the great British Becky Joe. You're you're whispering. I know, because I'm excited. Me too. Um, Are we going to do an ASMR? No. Oh, okay. Nope. So yeah, the greatest British Bake Off. Let's talk. I think it's the most important thing that's happened in the last fifteen years. Who you got, Prue or Mary Berry? Oh, it's Mary Berry all day. All day. So- Prue comes in and she thinks she can take Mary's thunder. <laughs> Ain't happening. Not happening. Soggy bottom. Greatest of all time. I have Maka. no idea what you guys are even talking about. Well, you uneducated fool. You need to check out the Great British Bake Off. Is that what it is? The Great G-B-B-O. British Baking Show? Oh my god, it's so good. So good. Um, Watch the season with... Oh man. what are, What's her name? Martha. Martha. Lovely young gal. Great at baking, and better at being nice. She's in the season she's in. She's like seventeen years old, and she knows more about baking than Emerald. Bam. She knows it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great start. He just bammed Elijah. <laughs> uh. What do you? What do you think? Who's your team? The Patriots? I'm Team Martha. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, I was a big fan of Alice. She was very nice. Um, I also really like Louie. He died. That's sad. 
Um, Did he really? Everything ends. Uh, I liked when uh, uh, Sandy Tongsvig, whatever, was on. She's kind of silly. She's short. She's Swedish. It's cool. Um, but yeah, I just really like it because you get to sit down and watch some British people make some tasty treats and be super nice to each other. So it's like watching the British House of Commons. It is the exact opposite. Those oh, the British House of Commons are, friend. <laughs> are a bunch of drunk people being condescending to each other while saying things yeah. like, well, the most honorable piece of shit over there. And <laughs> it's nice. You know, mm. um, I think we should move to Britain where there's no football. Well, there's football, but it's different. I mean, yeah. It's football, but you can't use your hands. So I have a lot of feelings about football right now, and they're kind of mixed. And uh, I also want to say, um, before we move on, Chetna, very under- underrated baker. Oh, yep, yep. Um, my favorite thing is when it goes completely sideways and they start to cry because they care so much. Yes, and like they're like <laughs> they're like, oh no, I didn't prove it enough, <laughs> and. Without fail, I'm always like, you got to make sure you fucking prove it. If you don't prove it, what are you even doing? And uh, yeah, it's sad for them. Not for me. I like when they have their breakdown and then the uh, the judges got to come over and be like, take a breath. It's okay, honey. Just pull the biscuits out. You'll be all right. It's not life or death. We're just making fucking pastries for old British people. <laughs> Act like it's fucking uh, the Blitz right now. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah. But no, I didn't think I'd like it when my girlfriend at the time, now wife, was like, let's watch this. And, you know, I trying to do it with her. So I was like, sure, why not? Let's watch this show. <laughs> and then like 10 hours went by and I was like, this is the greatest show I've ever seen in my entire life. What do you mean go to bed? There's five more episodes. We have to know what happens with the, the, the pasties. Steve, you got homework. I'm not watching whatever it is you guys are talking about. Yeah, you are. I'm going to call your wife and be like, listen, got to do this. Uh, She'll probably, uh, she'd probably watch it while I sit there and watch videos on my phone at a way too high level of volume. (laughs) The head of a penis. All right. Football took place. Um, The Super Bowl, I think that's what it's called. It's like a a big sporting event where two football teams, I don't know if they're chosen at random or whatnot, but they played against each other. And uh, I don't care. That's my piece. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. You don't care. I'm looking forward to you guys fellationing Tom Brady for the next 20 minutes. So Listen, I know you're upset, and it's fine to be upset. I'm upset. He left me. But any sort of debate about the greatest... American football player of all time is it's it's over and it's not close anymore and anyone that tries to talk anyone else up as the greatest of all time in terms of American football is just being a contrarian that wants to have a hot take. Talks over. Tom Brady's got seven. He beat Patrick Mahomes Ooh. in Patrick Mahomes' most prime prime team year or whatever. It it's done. Tom Brady's the greatest I, of all time. I disagree with that at all time when you're missing your entire starting offensive line, but go ahead. Yeah, oh, my. Okay. All right. Now we're being silly. If we're talking about where, where, when, you ta- well. when you think back up to the Super Bowl 
if, if the takeaway is that Eric Fisher got hurt in the AFC Championship game, that's a silly takeaway. Like, you still go play the they game. Didn't have all either we, all we've heard is how amazing and otherworldly Patrick Mahomes is at all times, and no one can tackle him. He throws it so far, and he's so good, and he's got stupid fucking hair. And, and, and for the excuse to be made that, you know, well, they couldn't block, so they lost. Well, I guess Tom Brady didn't really lose against the Giants then, or it wasn't his fault because they couldn't block them either. Like, it's yep. exactly it's, the point. Uh, it's the old so your point is Vikings Tom should have more I always or have, less, right? It doesn't matter who you have back there playing quarterback if you can't protect the guy. And people will sit there and protect uh, Patrick Mahomes, defend him. Well, you know, he was pressured on over 60% of his dropbacks. Yeah, that's Kirk Cousins' life. Like it happened to you in the Super Bowl. My name's Carson Wentz. Exactly. Like I I mean I've said it a multitude of times on here that pick whatever quarterback you want to play quarterback for the Vikings. Especially this year. Now the Chiefs Mitch Trubisky. The Chiefs offensive line on pass blocking, their <laughs> PFF grade was a forty two point two in this game. The Vikings in six games this year had a PFF grade below that. And people were like, Ah, Kirk Cousins will never win a big game. He can't run, he can't escape, can't throw the ball. This is the exact same thing. Yep. As far as Tom Brady's concerned, though, uh, he seemed very unexcited after the game. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he's just done it so many times now that it's just another another thing, but he literally just stood there and was like, yeah, we won the game, and, you know, thanks to my teammates and my coaches, and, uh, well, uh, yeah, I guess we're going to come back again next year. <laughs> Not excited in, in the least bit. I, just, I was blown away by that. Yeah, it was a weird game. I mean, I don't know. I thought that it would be not close, but I thought it'd be the other way, and I was wicked wrong. Why don't we just call it what it was? This was boring. This game was not exciting. It wasn't. Eight penalties for 95 yards in the first half, all on one team. Jesus Christ. Don't commit penalties. Okay. Can we just talk about the one penalty I don't agree with? And that is the offsides on the uh, field goal try or whatever it was that gave him the first down. Did you notice that they never showed a replay? And the Chiefs were freaking out about it, that they wouldn't... They were, like, I mean, pointing at the boards. They have they have sideline views of it that you can find. Well, they didn't show them on the broadcast. And they're, uh, they curled the end of their, their kick line, like their kick block line. And why McCole Hardman is the guy who's <laughs> trying to run off the edge to block a kick is beyond me, but... Because uh, he's fast. Well, I know, but... It's, He's inexperienced. He hasn't been there all year long. Why now in the Super Bowl you're like, yeah, hey, here's a good idea. That people want to. I mean, I saw a lot of social media posts about complaining about the refs. I I see one drive where it might have mattered, but you still allowed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to score 24 points, and you only scored nine. So the refs really didn't have that much to do with it. I think they had a lot to do with it. That game was called very one-sided. Plus, when you have the refereeing crew, his 
well, the lead of the refereeing crew, his crew called the third most penalties in the league this past year. People were like, well, they let them play in the in the championship games. Yeah, they did, but Bill Venevich's... Yeah, they let Tampa Bay play. <laughs> Bill Venevich's crew called the third fewest penalties of any crew in the entire league. So, I mean, you're, you're looking at polar opposites, so... I don't know it's just it's hard when you have a you know here's the best guy but he called a lot of penalties and yeah you're probably gonna have a few that are like well it's the super bowl let him play i don't know you don't want to get called don't put yourself in that position we you all sound really disgusted anymore. with both the game and football as a whole tonight that was a not a good super bowl Put the the result aside, who won aside. It was not exciting at all. Like it was at any point. Third time in Super Bowl history that a team didn't score a touchdown, and it's the second time it's happened in the last three years. And both those teams played against Tom Brady, and the other one was like Super Bowl fifteen. <laughs> I am so happy it's over. This season's over. This season has been a shit show from the start. And I don't know if next season's going to be any better because COVID's probably not going away. And my team's going to suck again. Elijah's team's probably going to suck again. Steve's team's going to be middle of the road again. Whatever. Football, I guess. I guess. You guys want to talk about the OC? The Orange County? Yes. TV show? Oh, my God. I never watched it. What up? So good. You should check it out. All right. Super Bowl's over. Tom Brady's the king of the universe. Everybody take him out of your mouth. Let's move on. And we can talk about Jesus. Here we go. You want to know the one penalty that I did like very much? Antoine Winfield running up and giving Tyreek the little peace sign. I got to tell you, I liked it a lot. See ya. And then when Tony Romo was so disgusted and, I guess, got a case of the vapors from it, it was a really bad look for Tony Romo. The guy flashed a peace sign in Tyreek Hill's face, but you're going to get all offended by it with all the shit that Tyreek Hill's done? That's where you you draw the line, Tony Romo, as a peace sign? That's exactly it. It's like if a guy catches a, a bomb over you and is 10 yards, you know, separated from you and can turn around give you the peace sign and then stand at the one yard line and backflip into the end zone and nobody throws a flag like after the play's over and you run up to him and you're like, ah, see ya. <laughs> Deuces, baby. Like, come on. What are we doing here? You guys see the streaker? I did. I did. And I also heard that Tony Romo had pee pants. I'm not sure how true that is. It looked like pre-cum to me, but... Might, might have been, might have been a little oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh my God. Here we go. <laughs> Let's go back to talking about the Great British Bake Off, would we? <clears throat> All right. NFL awards were the night before the Super Bowl. Let's talk about them because they're at least somewhat exciting. Elijah, hi. Your best friend in the whole world won the Walter Payton Man of the Year. He is winning. He is winning. And I don't like him, and I said why a bunch, and I still think that's true. Mate, you know what? I'm sure he's a great dude. He's still a nerd. He still does all this weird-ass <laughs> shit on Instagram. 
still posts like uh, videos of him topless in bed being like, mm, we got it, Seattle. And it's like, did you just fuck ha- Seattle? <laughs> How many Doge coins do you think he owns? I, I don't know. Probably more than me. <laughs> Probably a lot better stocks than Dogecoin. <laughs> yeah, he's got GameStop and AMC and stuff. <laughs> so uh, In her mouth. Yeah, yeah, so Russell Wilson is the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Comeback Player of the Year. I have not gone back and listened to the, our prediction show episode, but I'm pretty sure one of us, whew, might have been be called this. Alex Smith, Washington football team. Told he was going to die. Told he was going to lose his leg. Comes back and plays football. What a guy. Too bad it's for the Washington football team. I don't know if we called it preseason or the first time he stepped on the field and we were like, yeah, like (laughs) pretty obvious. Just give the guy the award now. But it definitely was mentioned at some point. I'm pretty sure I said something to the effect of if he's the starter, he will win the award. I'm going to go back and listen sometime. But yeah, Alex Smith, good for you, guy. Hopefully you can go to a team that's different than the team you're on. What's next? Brian uh, Dayball wins the assistant coach of the year. Doesn't get a head coaching job. Congratulations. He actually turned down two head coaching jobs to stay in Buffalo, which given the circumstances of the teams he could have gone to and their quarterback situation, I think, you know, for his career path, might be the right move to stay in uh, Buffalo at least another year. And his head coach might have got a little snub on the uh, coach of the year as well. I do. Kevin Stefanski won coach of the year for the Cleveland Browns, which great season, but I'll admit, I think Doug McDermott, uh, Sean McDermott. (laughs) Doug McDermott. (laughs) Yeah, Sean McDermott uh, deserves a little bit more. I agree. I think so, too. Um, just to go back one real quick, I didn't know assistant coach of the year was even a thing. I'm learning. Uh, fun fact, I didn't know until I found the list of guys who won awards either. Yeah. <laughs> when it was up there as Akoi, I was like, what the fuck is Akoi? And who is Brian Debole? I was wrong. <laughs> Defensive rookie of the year for Washington football team, Mr. Chase Young. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Sure. I'm pretty sure we all said this in the preview show that we thought he was going to win, but we all went elsewhere just to not be chalk. It was the I'm super obvious sure one. Queen. Yeah, it was the obvious one coming into the year. He was going to get the opportunity. He plays a position that you can translate quickly in. It makes sense that he won it in the end. And not my man, Kyle Duggar from Lenore Rhine. <laughs> Leanne Rhymes University. Here we go. Uh, this next one is Offensive Rookie of the Year, and I thought it said Orgy. <laughs> My eyes are a little blurry because I'm tired. But it went to Justin Jefferson. No, Justin Herbert, quarterback. I told you. Quarterback is always going to win over a position player. Yeah. There's a, quite a few of these uh, awards that probably deserve to be elsewhere, and this is one of them. And so is the next one, which is the Defensive Player of the Year, Aaron Donald, which should have went to T.J. Watt, but I digress. 
which was Sean's prediction. I know for sure that was his prediction pre uh, yes, season. And I followed and it all season. <laughs> JJ Watt went on Twitter and posted a nice little spreadsheet. And JJ or TJ Watt led Aaron Donald in all categories, including tackles, sacks, sacks for or tackles for loss, pressures, quarterback hits, pass defenses, and interceptions. Aaron Donald And was, arts and crafts and the guitar. <laughs> Aaron Donald had four forced fumbles. TJ Watt only had two. The only major stat that Aaron Donald beat TJ Watt in. Tough. Popularity and, contest. Uh, yeah, and I do love the, the JJ Watt, uh, like the actual text tweet says, Aaron Donald is an absolute incredible player. I love watching him play, and he's headed to the Hall of Fame without question. It has nothing to do with AD personally. This is me saying what my brother won't. And uh, yeah, he <laughs> hit the nail on the head. Got him. Aaron Donald, phenomenal. TJ Watt had a season for the ages, and he got snubbed hard. Yes, he did. Now, the next two awards, I believe, they did give out correctly. We'll start with Offensive Player of the Year, Derrick Henry. 2K rushing, nobody even close. Injuries or whatever kept Dalvin Cook away. I don't want to hear it. I think this is justified. Derrick Henry, once again, had a monster season. And every year, we hear the national media talk about how he can't sustain this and this can't last, and here we are with another year of domination. Yep. I think the uh, most important thing is he stays healthy. That's that's it. <laughs> now, they always say, like, you can't keep giving him this many carries. He won't stay healthy. He won't last. <laughs> well, guess what, dude? The guy is a freak. I mean, it, the, the thing he has going for him is he's so, like, he's so big. He's, so, like, he's tall. He's a very tall running back. <clears throat> and... You see a lot of these guys like Saquon, they're all built the same, but when you are, you know, a smaller frame guy, you have a lot higher chance of blowing out your ACL or, you know, any of these ligaments that you have in your body compared to a guy that's, you know, built for his frame. Um, (laughs) Derrick Henry had a very slow start in this year, in this league. And if not for that, like we could be talking about him making a push to get up to the top of those, you know, top three running backs of all time. Yep. Hi, Elijah. Hey, girl. Would you like to introduce the MVP of the National Football League? Uh, I will. Uh, A-Ron? Rodgers. Rodgers. Rodgers? Yeah. Aaron Rodgers won. Uh, (laughs) In the end of the year, it really wasn't that close. I think he was more than deserving. Uh, There's really not uh, anyone that was... I mean, you could maybe talk about Josh Allen. I don't know. But, yeah. The big news was that he announced uh, in his uh, acceptance thing that he's engaged, apparently. So, I guess that's cool for him. Oh, oh, How do... Oh, you... Talk about breaking the internet. How does he break that news in his acceptance speech that he's engaged to Shailene Woodley? Like, what the? I didn't even know they were dating. I didn't either. Speaking of the OC, she was the original Caitlin Cooper. Yeah, that's a reference. Um, Good for him, I guess. I don't know. Usually, like, he's had some, well, he's got a type. Loves the brunettes, clearly. 
He's like, oh, you're that girl from Divergent? I love that movie. Let's get married. That's my Dude, favorite that, young adult never... dystopian novel. I love those movies. I'll never forgive him. Like, the fact that he was dating Olivia Munn and didn't put a ring on that. Jesus, what a bonehead. Then he went to Danica Patrick. Now he's at Shailene Chico Woodley. Like, go left, though. Who's next? Gal Gadot? <laughs> Man, if he jumps to Gal think, Gadot. Uh, so, yeah, that's a... Yeah. Yep. I mean, good for him, I guess. <laughs> Quarterbacks need love, too. So it was Aaron Rodgers, uh, Josh Allen, and then Patrick Mahomes. That was the list of first, like, number one uh, vote-getters. So you think this guy is number one in the MVP. Aaron Rodgers got, like, 55 votes. Josh Allen got five, and Patrick Mahomes got two. Wasn't even close. So that is going to put a cap on... The NFL season. And you know what really is disappointing? And my wife and I talked about this today. She's talking to our daughters and she's like, guys, don't you get it? Like, we don't have to deal with football for three weeks. And I was like, oh, but wait, it's going to be longer than that this year because there's no underwear Olympics this year. No combine. So we literally don't get to watch any football until... Training camp practices in July? Opening days in 155 days. Set your calendars, boys. But going forward on this podcast, we will be doing mostly silly and fun things until we can talk about the draft. So buckle up. There will be small amounts of football talk, large amounts of Elijah making us laugh hysterically. I probably will urinate in my pants once. Just like Tony Romo. Tony Romo. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. But before we close the book, we're going to have a blockbuster trade break, probably the second I post this podcast. Carson Wentz is on his way out of Philadelphia, and I'm not taking it well. My heart is broken. I'm angry. One of the Eagles... Uh, Twitter accounts, not the official account. It's like Eagles Nation or something on Twitter. Tweeted something to the effect of, what would you trade Howie Roseman for? And my response was, a bag of smashed assholes. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Howie Roseman sucks. He fucking needs to go. He is the problem in Philadelphia and is becoming apparent to everybody with two eyes and a nose. <clears throat> so um, when Carson is traded, I will be very upset. I will not take it well. And it sucks. And you know what's really going to piss me off? Because the rumor floating around right now is it's a two-team race between the Bears and the Colts. And I hope he goes to the Colts. And the Colts package, I think we referenced last week on the show, is rumored to be Carson Wentz and Zach Ertz for a first and a third round pick. You know what? Fine. You're going to cut Ertz anyways. Do it. The other trade package, which I believe has been debunked, but this was floating around yesterday, which was Wentz to the Bears for the 20th overall pick, running back Tariq Cohen, and fucking Nick Foles. First of all, if you trade... 
If you trade to bring Nick Foles back, A, you're doing the same thing to Jalen Hurts you did to Carson Wentz. You're creating a quarterback controversy for no reason. That guy's always going to be looking over his shoulder because Nick Foles is a friggin' folk hero in Philadelphia because he won the Super Bowl. Wouldn't have got there without Wentz, by the way. But also, you just fired Doug Peterson, the only coach who has ever been able to unlock any sort of potential in Nick Foles. So tell me how that's a good idea. Stupid. It, oh, my God. If this really happens, I will come on this podcast and explode. But Tariq Cohen, uh, Tariq Cohen tweeted that. He, he said, let me clear this up real quick. Just talk to my coach and my GM. 100% Bears fans, we locked in. Don't worry. So, what, like, wh- How much sense does it make for them to put Cohen in that deal, though? He's coming Eagles? off an ACL tear. I, I know. That's what I mean. Just, like, your damaged goods, damaged goods in a first-round pick. Yuck. I don't care how badly you want to get rid of the, you know, the quarterback, the contract, whatever. That's a just awful, awful deal. You you just went from the Super Bowl a few years ago to you are just diving into the dumpster head first. They are completely tanking this year on purpose. I I swear to God. For what? The, I because they're so far over the cap. I swear to God, they're just gonna cut everybody who's expensive. They're gonna bring a bunch of ding dongs in. They're gonna. Bl- basically punt on the 2021 season. And then they're going to have a bunch of cap space in 2022, and that's when they're going to rebuild and make this a winner and whatever Howie Roseman's blowing up Lurie's ass these days. I, they, they're in a bad spot because if that's the way they plan to do it, the free agent class in 2022 isn't that promising. Uh, the draft is going to be way worse next year than it was. it's going to be this year far less talent, and especially if you're going to move Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts doesn't work out, uh, quarterback is a position that's not going to be as viable next year as it is this year. But you're forgetting something. We're a quarterback factory. Yeah. Clearly, that's why you're trading one away. For one you've let walk. Yeah. How about uh, you guys give us Wentz? And Ertz, I'll send you Cousins and Cook. And you nope. guys send a, a second-round pick as well. Nope. Easy game. I'll send you Jared Stidham. I'd rather have Stidham than Kirk Coupons. God. Dude, I swear to God, this team makes it so hard to root for them. Like... I am not going to be excited for football next year. It's going to be so hard. I am literally going to pick a different team and watch them instead. Skull Vikings, let's go. <laughs> At least you guys signed uh, Jamal Singleton. Huh? How about that? Yeah. Who? Jamal Singleton, uh, new running backs coach replacing Deuce Staley. Oh, I didn't the, see uh, that. Used to be the... Uh, same position for the Bengals. Spent the last year in Kentucky, in the university in Kentucky, and now will be the Eagles' running back coach. Oh yeah, look at that! Uh, and he's the assistant head coach. <laughs> Congratulations, you're a winner. All right. 
Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So Miles Sanders gonna take down Derrick Henry next year. That's what you're saying. If uh, Jamal has anything to say about it, yes. <laughs> All righty, the Eagles suck. How about the Patriots? Yeah. Uh, they're gonna be bad. I think. I mean, Bill Belichick was humiliated by Tom Brady last night. Humiliated, even though he never really said his name or anything. But it was it's not a good look for Belichick for the first uh first season that uh, Brady's gone. He just goes and he just wins the Super Bowl. No big deal. So I guess legacy wise, Belichick's gotta come back pretty strong next year, but I don't think they've got the roster for it right now. So I guess we will see. Yeah, the uh, man, Patriots have a lot of holes to fill <laughs> with with a fair amount of cap, and it looks like the cap might actually be a little bit higher than is expected. Uh, I think teams in the league were kind of expecting the max cap to be 175 million. Looks like it's going to be like 180 or 181. Sweet, so a little, little bit more breathing room. Um, but I, I think like obviously. Number one, who is going to be their quarterback next year? Elijah, who do you think or who do you want them to bring in as far as somebody who's been in the league? Um, because I think they, like picking at 15, if you're going to pick a quarterback, you need somebody out in front of that guy. So who do you think they could bring in? And it would be, it would be fun. Well, Interesting. two weeks ago, I thought it was Matthew Stafford. I really did. I thought it would definitely be Matthew Stafford, but then they hired Matt Patricia and that, flew away but then also Matthew Stafford went for four first round picks two uh baby seals and uh and a partridge in a pear tree I don't know some lucky charms so I I I mean they're magically delicious I guess you know you didn't know that Mitch Trubisky (laughs) is probably the most likely name I guess I don't think I want it to happen but I think that's the most likely name I have a trade proposal the Patriots are going to trade second round pick to the Carolina Panthers for Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I'd take that. It's the only chance no, the Patriots You heard it have. here first. Yeah, I'll take it. That's fine. You heard it here first. I don't know who's I playing think... backfield at Lenore Ryan, but that's who they'd take in the second round anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> I still think that... Uh... The tour to uh, AFC East is going to come to a head, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to end up being week one starter in New England. The memes would be worth the heartbreak, I think. So, honestly, it's not like I don't. I think it gives you a much better chance than say I don't know bringing back Cam Newton next year. Oh, God, they should have no. fucking no. smartened up and signed Josh Rosen, who just signed with the Forty ers on a one year deal. Yeah, Josh Rosen should get another chance. I mean, maybe maybe with Rosen getting a chance in San Francisco, maybe it's Garoppolo that comes back, and that'll be bad because he's always hurt, and he's not that good. So, Heard Nick Foles is available. Go get him. I mean, honestly, though, all the names we're talking about would do better than uh, Cam Newton did last year. So, I mean, Upgrade. You would do better than Cam Newton. <laughs> Upgrade. <laughs> all right. How about... Skull Vikings. Uh, yeah, turns out 
in a surprising move of nepotism, uh, the Vikings have promoted Clint Kubiak to offensive coordinator. Gary Kubiak's former, son. <laughs> former Intercontinental Champion, Double K, Clint Kubiak! <laughs> uh, yeah, so... And I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this. The guy's 33 years old. They're like, all right, well, maybe new young mind. But, I mean, his dad was a dinosaur in this league. You're, you're running, you know, just an ancient offense with an offensive line that can't block. Somehow they were still, you know, fifth overall in total offense. I'm interested to see if maybe he, you know, has something up his sleeve, some ideas, add some wrinkles to this offense make them better but obviously they have some guys that need to be replaced on the offensive line uh, to have you know any form of sustained success and and honestly this feels to me like he in just the way that the Vikings fucking offensive coordinator carousel seems to operate they'll go out there and they'll have a really good offensive year next year and then he's going to get a head coaching job somewhere else <laughs> it's the fucking way it works in Minnesota, so uh, I guess for any other Vikings fans, I wouldn't get excited or get used to seeing him on the sideline, just because that seems to be the way it goes. But that's yeah. just the way it is. Hope for some success, I guess. Uh, but I get you know, with the guys that opted out last year, hopefully, you know, get those guys back. Some of those big injuries. Uh, hopefully, there's some patchwork stuff that Mike Zimmer does with this defense. Um, gonna need some gonna... cornerbacks. I, I mean, he loves to draft guys in the secondary. That's for damn sure. Heard uh, Patrick Sertain Jr. is uh, the second available in the draft. Maybe go get him. No, offensive line first. That's what they need. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. Unless some crazy shit happens at the beginning of the draft and somebody just falls and you're like, well, can't really pass up on that, dude. Like the Eagles when they pass up Jamar Chase and the Vikings laugh at them again. Speaking of juniors <laughs> that I think that uh, coaches would be excited about, Elijah, any interest in drafting Asante Samuel Jr.? Uh, yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'd take that. You can sing a little song. Um, Asante Samuel, squash banana. <laughs> if only he'd have caught that pass. That would have been better. <laughs> so. All right. You know, it's one of those days. Cats can't swim without their hind legs, apparently. Um, good stuff. Hey, did you guys check that... Um, pre-game segment the uh nfl showed on uh the first two black athletes in the nfl yes i did that was an amazing segment i'm gonna try to find it and retweet it through the podcast twitter account so be on the lookout for that if you haven't seen it it's pretty powerful it was really cool i know is it was very interesting like for me just because, you know, you always hear about, like, the first, you know, black athletes that break the barrier in, you know, all the major sports. But to go back and see the history of it and see that this was something that occurred before, 
the Jackie Robinson, you know, color barrier. Yep. Uh, was one of those like through all the years I had I had absolutely no idea, and the fact that you know these men aren't honored the way that Jackie Robinson was is very disturbing. And to see the nonsense that went on, like behind the scenes with the owners, to kind of boot these guys back out the door, uh, is even worse. Yep. But uh, there, I'm sure there's a million untold stories out there that, you know, we'll never see the light of day that deserve to. But uh, I, yeah, that was one of one of the best segments they had throughout the whole uh, day of the Super Bowl, like leading up to the game. Uh, I honestly. And, you know, I've heard rumblings that they're actually working on other documentaries and movies based on, you know, the first two black men to play in the NFL, Fritz Pollard and Kenny Washington. I literally want to learn more. I want to know more. I have a kind of a personal connection where my wife's best friend is actually a direct descendant of Fritz Pollard. Her father is Fritz Pollard III, so, like, she's literally a descendant of Fritz Pollard. I think that's one of the coolest things in the universe, and I just want to learn more. That's cooler than the kid that I went to middle school with whose dad owned Nintendo. True. Like, there's proof there. His name is Fritz Pollard III. Like, you can't bullshit a bullshitter, man. That's, that's That's right there, straight up. No promises, but there's a chance we may be able to get him on this podcast at some point. So That would be so fun. I, I'm sure that you know he's had stories and stuff passed down that would just be so much fun to listen to. And exactly like you said, like once you kind of break the surface on the stuff and you start climbing down in the rabbit hole and like learning all these different things, like you, it, it just gets it's so interesting and it's so much fun to learn about. So, yeah, it's it, also it, disgusting that well, it, it, you know these human beings were treated this way because of the color of their skin. And if you haven't figured out the whole reason we're bringing this up, it is Black History Month. We've been preaching Black Lives Matter for a long time on this podcast, and we will continue to do it now that the racist is out of the White House. I feel like we might have a platform to actually make some changes and do some better in the world. So that's my point of view. It takes all of us. I think the NFL said it the best. All step of us, one, it takes. Yeah, it's except in the, in the opposite end zone where it said all of us, it takes. So Yoda working some Jedi mind tricks uh, on the signage. Tampa Bay Stadium. Yeah, don't be an asshole. Really, not not a hard thing to do. All right, guys. Episode 144 of the Joint Practices Podcast is in the books. If you want to be on our show, you can. We'll give you your very own episode. It's called Seven on Sevens. We'll ask you seven football questions, seven non-football questions. Elijah makes up the other questions, and they're absolutely ridiculous. If you want to be on, email us, jointpracticespod at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram, at jointpractices. So hit us up. We'll get you on the show. Whenever you want, we'll talk about your team. You literally don't have to be an Eagles, Patriots, or Vikings fans. We will take a fan of any team. So hit us up. E. And you hit us up at 
join practices at 11 the goat at the knock says at elijah the boat and you can send us a tweet this week with a very special hashtag and that hashtag is thank god that's over in reference to this terrible terrible football season let us know you're listening and that you hated this year as much as we all did we'd love to hear from you Wherever you're listening, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, tune in. Go ahead. Subscribe. Five-star rating is preferred. Maybe a nice little review. Especially if you like the British Bake Off or whatever the frig these guys were talking about. Start the show. Uh, Got yeah. it. Thanks for the continued support. And we will see you guys in the off-season for some absolute nonsense. Hey, forever, oh. 11 the goat, Carson forever. By the way, you want to talk about Tom Brady being nope. the greatest of all time? Not particularly. Let us not forget Pete Weber winning his fifth PBA title, screaming at the top of his lungs. Who do you think you are? I am. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so if you ever fly Carson fly. Who's the goat? Pete Weber. Serena Williams. You are? He is. Gonna Google that. Uh we're on to Cincinnati. Skull Vikings. Get next to you. Good fucking bye. Yeah. Ha ha. Got him.